Set your sail for the orange and blue sea. Welcome to the Javaman Fighting Illini podcast. This is Etch. It is February 16th, 2023, and we've got a great show for you guys. Uh, we've got Java Spinney, Mr. P, Shady H, and we are joined for the first time by a Javaman guest, Mr. J.R. Taylor. Wait, yo, yo. wait, whoa, whoa. I thought we were getting from, Colt from, from Merrillville. Is JR from Kokomo? I am the proxy. I'm the proxy for Colt and all of his relatives that live in northern Indiana. Fine. So we'll 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 get into how how Colt's been feeling lately. We we know he's been pounding the message boards. Um, but for uh, for now, Jr. Um, give us a little bit of background on you and and what it means to be on the Javaman Fighting Illini podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that intro, Etch. And um, I grew up in the St. Louis area, but uh, my dad's whole side of the family is from Indiana. So I grew up on a special special brand of discipline in basketball that Robert Montgomery <laughs> Knight instilled into me early on. And uh, those two things go hand in hand. Discipline, hard-nosed, man-to-man defense, candy-striped pants, and uh, five national championships. And that's what I grew up on. And uh, moved to Chicago and became friends with a lot of the Java men. A lot of the Java men on here tonight. I was a day one listener of the pod. Um, big fan of what you all do. Uh, aware of Illinois basketball. In the same way that as a Cardinals fan, I'm aware of the Cubs and the Royals. Um, <laughs> so I've always kind of been around the program respect the program. Um, and, uh, you know, I also noticed that a lot of the Java men podcast is built on an intense hatred for Indiana basketball. And so, um, it's nice to, to hear the word, uh, from, from East of the border today. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you. And I think IU ranks just below the refs in terms of the ire of fighting line. I fan hatred. Um, so we'll we'll get it we'll get right into it because we have an awesome group today. We got a big group and a lot to go over. So the first thing we'll discuss is Rutgers, the result of the Rutgers game, the result of the Penn State game on Saturday, last Saturday, Rutgers, um, Illinois beat Rutgers sixty nine to sixty. Sixty nine, nice. Nice. There there was a special <laughs> special special score for Mr. P and um then on Tuesday, Illinois went to Penn State and lost on Valentine's Day, ninety-three to eighty-one. Um, so we'll start with uh, Doctor. What did you think about the results from the last week? Well, Rutgers they were missing what's his name, Mawat Mock, which which we talked about, and I think you know not a big score on their team, but a really important player for them. Definitely their most versatile. Um, defenders so you take him out of the equation and you're playing Rutgers at home and really you should win so at the time it looked like going into the game it it felt like oh must win and good opponent quad one and this will be great to get but you know the more I think about the the win they 
God, on that day when they when they poured in sixty nine, it you couldn't not win that you couldn't not win that game because it's a that was a depleted squad on the road. Rutgers really struggles on the road. They're pretty strong at home still at the rack or the Jersey Mike Center. But um, you know, I wanted to be pumped about that win, but it, it's hard to be you know pumped about it because it really was neck and neck. Um, and it's good they got it, but I don't think you can take um much away from that win with Mock with Mock being out. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the uh, Wisconsin, the first Wisconsin game when Wisconsin was out, was without uh, their big guy, um, and Illinois took care of him. Uh, what about Penn State? And, and and so one more thing on the Rutgers game, they're still looking the Illini for that first big win since like before Christmas. Like they had the really nice wins early on with against Texas UCLA, but Big Ten wise, there's been no marquee win. They've got an opportunity on on Saturday that we'll talk about, but they're still, um, they're still, they're still missing that. Um, Penn state, they just, they just got, they just got torched. I'm disappointed that Shannon can't guard Pickett. Shannon's huge. He's athletic. I don't understand why he can't stay with it. Schematically, there were, you know, a lot of issues that people are identifying with how Underwood, you know, coached that game. But for me, there was a handful of shots in the first half step back contested three pointers, really difficult shots that they were just hitting. And sometimes Penn state, you know, does that. Do I wish they would have thrown his own at him or something differently schematically, of course, but um, you just got to move on. Penn state has their number. They torch the nets and sometimes that happens. Can I offer a suggestion Shady. as a, a disciple of, Bobby Knight's man-to-man defense. <laughs> if you if you lazily go under a ball screen, you get choked out in the '80s at, at IU, and uh, they went under a lot of ball screens in Happy Valley and just got torched from behind the arc. Like sometimes you just got to. So I don't. You got to get hard nose and go over the screen. Jr., and you're and getting dangerously close to criticizing Brad Underwood. <laughs> Be careful. I don't know why they weren't weren't doing more hedging on screens and, and suffocating the guy coming off the screen because they have size and length to to do that. So yeah, the ball screen defense was, was a little loose, but a lot of the open looks too came from digs down in the post where you don't need to be doing that against that team and they just found open guys. So it wasn't all about the ball screen and, and sagging off that, but there have been issues sagging off ball screens around the arc this season. So um, it's a good point. Java Joe, what did you think about the last week? Yeah, you know who didn't sag off ball screens was Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams. But yeah, Brad's not making adjustments. You know, you know another thing. Um, the computer's not going to like this one, but uh, tw- 20, t- 20 of the top twenty-five defensive teams and on the Ken Palm all play drop coverage. You know why? Because a, a, con- oh. a contested two is the hardest shot. Is there's the 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 least statistically positive shot that you can that you can make right so that's that's all what illinois is trying to do is make teams hit tough twos granted they gave up too many threes i didn't watch enough of the game to really add too much to this penn state argument or penn state uh feedback but they clearly gave up too many open threes against penn state in both games but i'm more um i'm disappointed i think it's it's players and coaching fault against Penn State I'm with Spinney though like you know like again these these guys who were, were warrior defenders in the last like what we're used to they they got through these screens they 
Um, you know, Bob Knight would be proud of Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams. You know who Bob Knight wouldn't like and who probably Brad Underwood gets aggravated with is Terrence Shannon's defense. I'm with Spinney. Terrence Shannon should be able to guard these guys. Like he's he came in known as like a defender. And I'm I'm frankly not that impressed by his defense this year because he's been torched by a couple um a couple really good guards in some of these games. So the the Penn State game, I and I also I but I also just chalk it up to for whatever reason, Penn State's just a bad matchup for Illinois. And I wasn't as worried about it the first time around. Um, obviously, the second game, it's a little bit more disappointing. Um, but overall, like I thought, you know, Illinois, they played the same. They played it, had a good game plan against Rutgers. They stuck to it. They didn't adjust after the first half. They stuck to the game plan. And Rutgers started missing contested twos. And that's why they won and won pretty handily against Rutgers the game before. Penn State made their shots. So shots are going to be made at home. Or when you're playing on the road, shots are, are going to go in. You know where, where shots are hard to make in these, these types of defenses? In the NCAA tournament, when they're playing in larger arenas, there's a different backdrop. These guys aren't used to shooting. That's why these teams play drop coverage. Chess. Chess, not checkers. So Brad's playing the long game. Yeah. He, he's looking at uh, he's looking at his regional matchups. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brad knows Cut. that the 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 forward thinking Java men aren't gonna make him walk the pl- walk off the plank midway through the Big Ten season. They're gonna wait till after the NCAA tournament. For sure, looking to- forward to Middle Tennessee State. You gotta you gotta Let's- draw that out. Let's not lose sight of the fact that losing in Happy Valley to a Penn State team that's not a good team, but not a bad team either, really doesn't matter. You know, how many, you know, how good was the Illini's record the past few years and how little did all those wins mean at the end of the year when it comes to tournament time? They don't mean anything. If you can still win two games in March, which this team can beat anyone, that's all that matters. I hear that point. I, the, the thing that, got to me about the Penn State both Penn State losses is that Jalen Pickett he's good they're Penn State's a veteran team but he's he averaged 30 and a half points a game against Illinois this year that that's pretty bad um Mr. P I think you had some thoughts about Hmm. the past week in Illini basketball what you think (laughs) oh where do we start well um you know it I, I think that with the Rutgers game, um, you know, in, in terms of expectation, them coming in 24, um, it's obviously not an easy game, uh, ranked team, but it, it's one you expect to win. Rutgers is two and six on, on the road. Um, I think we talked about this on the fir- first podcast we had or second podcast that the, the big tens a, a beat you up division and, um, I don't think we quite force. Uh, granted, Purdue just lost tonight. Breaking news, but um, I, I don't think we foresaw there being one absolute standout team. I thought we thought it would be kind of a scrum. So, um, home teams dominate. That's what the records look like. You know, barring one or two teams, you expect to win that game. Um, the o- the only concern out of the first game I had is like, what is going on with Meyer at home, man? Uh Get it together. Um, 
the the Penn State one, I I, I get the 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 fact that you're going to lose some games. Um, Jalen Pickett is not Michael Jordan. Um, but the, <laughs> the issue is like they got the shit kicked out of them at home by Penn state. Um, I, I again, tough to go on the road and win in, in, in college basketball, tough to do it in the big 10. Um, Penn state at home is not a pushover or they're, they're they were 11 and two going into the game at home. I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're not going to go in there and, and push them over, but, and not a bad team, certainly, but I mean, to just get the absolute shit kicked out of you again, absolute fucking kicked in the plum. Sorry about the language, but I, I mean, what it was an absolute carbon copy of the first game. And I would just have thought there would have been no, some no, schematical it change. It was the second game was competitive. I think they got wiped at home in the first contest. The second one, it was, it was a competitive game. It was competitive. It they, 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 they blow, they, they, uh, turn it on in the, at the end of the game, but Penn state scored 53 points in the first half. I mean, Purdue just yeah, scored 54 pulling- points. <laughs> They pulled shots out of their butt in the first half, and that, and it was still what was the score at half? A ten point game. Yeah. And they had a handful of ridiculous shots. So. Yeah. It happens. I don't know if I call a ten point game uber competitive, but I mean, you know, ten points is a pretty big deficit. At the <laughs> I half. was gonna say I don't know if I call that a super competitive. Um, Jr., do you have any anything to clean up the? the discussion around the Illini's last week before we get into IU. Well, I was going to say on Penn State, they're actually a super efficient offensive team. They're a, they're a top 20 offensive team in the country. They just haven't been able to guard anybody. And so, you know, I think the problem with the first game, I don't think the Illini got to 60 points in the first game. I would point to that more so than, you know, Penn State making shots because that's what they do is they launch threes and they're going to make a decent amount of them some days. Um I mean, you can't give up 93 to anybody, but um, Penn State is a good offensive team. So similar to what Scott said, I don't I don't think you can take much or, or get too upset about losing on the road in the Big Ten. You can't even get upset about losing on the road to Northwestern anymore. That was a that was a stop by and pick up your W of my childhood. And that's that's not even sacred anymore. So losing a game on the road, to the Big Ten to a decent team. I don't know. I, I said it in yeah, a chat at, with some of these guys that I think I think Illinois is more likely to be competitive in Bloomington this weekend because they lost to Penn State. It's just kind of the ebbs and flows of conference basketball in in college. Even after, although I, w- I, they, I wish I wish Indiana would have won in Evanston last night because that, to your point, like now they're Indiana's coming off of a loss, and I don't think you know that. I think makes them more likely to win at home on, on Saturday. Cause man, if, if you didn't see that game last night, I don't know if you guys all saw it, but, but that was probably the most exciting game of the big 10 season this year, I think in my opinion. So I, you went to Evanston, right? So as all those billboards say, it's Chicago's big 10 team they were, they were facing and they had the Chicago unis on and you can't call them the kitties anymore. Yeah. Or, or so I hear, cause they, they could win the league. They, like Jared's point, like they're, they're really tough. Beat this year, um, 
And they 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 took down a, a Hoosiers team that was playing really well. TJD was playing unreal late. If you watched it, like he was just spinning from the three point line into the lane and just like throwing it up and scoring ridiculous baskets. But they got down too much in 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 that first half. I think they went down eighteen or or twenty twenty one. Um, I don't know if they got into town early in Chicago and and and. And, and we're tired from the night before or what, but it was a wild game. The, the coach Woodson got a, a technical foul. He was going nuts. There you got was, two um, back-to-back tees in the same conversation. Yeah. And their, their bench, the interesting, when we get to the matchup later, like the interesting Indiana's bench, like doesn't produce anything. They had a, two, three points less last night against Northwestern. One point in the second half. Um, Miller car, Miller cop is in there starting lineup the fans were giving him a um a hard time but he did force that critical turnover late on the, on the inbounds pass to allow and you know to tie it up at 62 all um but he only scored like three points in in the contest but that was that was a huge play but um anyways at the end boo boo drives down the lane he rises up for a jumper um he might have gotten away with a shove on indiana's galloway who was who was defending him did you did you guys see that do you think that was a foul I thought that Boo Booey made uh, Michael Jordan's push on <laughs> Byron Russell look like just a tiny little love tap. I mean, he full put his shoulder and forearm into him. It was it was outrageous, but they're never going to call that at home. And then and then Hood Shafino comes down and almost hits a half court shot to win, which which would have been nuts, but he doesn't. And Indiana goes zero and two against Northwestern this year, which you know you hope that doesn't become the Illini's fate as well because they have them come into State Farm later. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, Chris Collins was saying after the game, he's like, has anyone gone into Bloomington and won this year besides us? Like, he didn't know. He was like, "Is but have they? Because they went in there and won. And I don't know if, if is that the only home loss that um, Indiana has this year? Um, well, first of all, bef- hey, before we move on, that- JR, uh, in this land, you don't slander Michael Jordan like that. That was not, it was not a push off against Russell. So just want to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't let your eyes, don't let your eyes deceive you, JR. That was not a push. Yeah. Um, but JR, but, have they lost so, at home this year other than, no, than I, Northwestern? No, Northwestern's the only team that beat him at home. Uh, yeah. yeah Indiana's 13 and one at home. By one. So, so that, that can, get us into our next segment, which is an IU preview. Um, Illinois goes to Indiana for the second game this year. Indiana crushed Illinois earlier this year in Champaign at the Real Assembly Hall. Um, And so we have a huge game, 11 a.m. on Saturday, the 18th. Um, I I know that there has been – some some words exchanged between Illinois and Indiana's fan base. The Javamen, um, you know, feeling themselves uh, because of the last few years for sure. Um, so I'm sure that you have something to say about that, Jr. But if you can also give us kind of a thirty thousand foot view of what this season has been like for IU from an IU fan's perspective. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been somewhat of a roller coaster. Probably it actually pretty similar to Illinois season. Actually, they had a pretty productive non-conference season to a point uh, early on. They got a big win true road game at Xavier, which is looking better and better basically every, every week now. 
Um, they beat North Carolina at home in the Big Ten ACC Challenge when North Carolina was number one in the country at the time. You know, it turned out to be probably a little bit of fool's gold for Carolina, but they had some really good wins early on. And they played Arizona out in Vegas really close. The final score is worse than I think they lost by 14, but they they played them a lot closer than that all game and, and were really competitive. Unfortunately, I live in Kansas City and uh, I spent a lot of money to get good seats to the game at Allen Fieldhouse that they went to Kansas and a lot of hype for that. And they just got absolutely <laughs> torched. I mean, blown off the court. And so that was that was a little disappointing, but you're going to play at 11 a.m. in Allen Fieldhouse on a cold Saturday. You know, it's you're probably not walking out of there. Not going to win. You're just not going to win. That's... You just hope they're competitive and they weren't. But that was that was tough. Um, but then, you know, they had a really a really rough stretch to the to the Big Ten season to start it off. Um, they lost to Rutgers on the road because they always lose to Rutgers on the road. And there was a lot of talk coming out of that game um, about. You know, Rutgers just isn't scared of Indiana. Indiana's not tough enough to beat Rutgers. You know, Steve Peichel just breeds tough Jersey kids, the whole, the whole nine yards. TJD came out of that game 0-6 in his career against Rutgers, which is just brutal. Damn. Um, <laughs> That's wild. So, you know, wow. you, you take that game and then, you know, they had the – that was the last game of the first, you know, two pre-Christmas Big Ten games. And then they go – they go to Iowa to kick off 2023 and, you know, within five minutes, Fran's head looked like it was going to pop like a cherry, which is everybody's favorite <laughs> Fran. The new meme. Iowa City. It's a, yeah. It's a new meme. It was, it was, it was just perfect. And Indiana was up. I don't, they were up 20 before the under 12 in the first half. I mean, they were, they were up something like 25 to four at one point. And they end up blowing that lead in the second half, giving up 91, and they lose by two at Iowa. And it started a bad stretch where they got beat by one at Northwestern or at home against Northwestern. They got smoked by Penn State on the road where Penn State hit everything, uh, much like they did against the Illini two times. Uh, And so, I mean, the season was basically a lost cause at that point. Everybody was all upset. And, you know, you throw on top of that that. Xavier Johnson, their starting point guard, senior leader, got hurt at Kansas. He's been out. He hasn't played a game since then. Uh, Race Thompson got hurt. Sixth-year guy. He's been there longer than Lucas Johnson was at Illinois, I think. Um, and so they're playing without those guys. No mention of that um, in the preview to the game at the State Farm Center. But it's two starters. 40% of the starting roster was out at Illinois. But, but really – after that, it's it's been a massive turnaround. They won five games in a row in the Big Ten, and they they went all the way up to second in the league before before last night. But so people are a lot more um, positive on the Hoosiers now. You know, Race Thompson's back. He looked really good last night. His best minutes since he since he came back from injury. They need him bad um, because they don't have they don't have another big guy. Yeah, they without him, I, they kind of suck. I think. I, I mean, I don't know if they suck, but they certainly are not. They're not worthy of a top four line in March. That's for sure. No, with that, with that, fine. They don't suck, but it's a huge loss for them to. He he's the biggest loss for them outside of. He's the most important, other than TJD. I think. You know, although the freshman has turned out to be really good, 
and so, I was worried about his back early in the season because it seemed like he couldn't stay healthy. But um, he's awesome. So that that's yeah, the and enjoy enjoy that guy for the last few games he's had in the end because he's going straight he's to gone. the pros. He's so good. He's really good, and I think both he and Malik Renew is the the big guy freshman, both five star guys, and and they've they've sort of had different paths. Malik Renew is getting starts early in the season, and Hood Shafino is coming off the bench for Xavier Johnson, and Malik Renew is kind of the fan base was more excited about him early. It turns out that you know he's got skill. He he cannot guard anybody without following them. He's he's like the kid in in your on your seventh grade team that thought he was still playing football when basketball season started. Like he just bodies up everybody. He picks up two fouls within three minutes every time he comes in. And meanwhile, Jalen Hood Shafino, I was talking to my dad about him last night. He's the most polished freshman that I can remember Indiana having maybe ever. And that includes Yogi. That includes Cody Zeller. I mean, they've had some good ones. Yeah, he's really, he's really good. Yeah. He's, he's so he's, smooth. He's uh, the most recent IU player to go in the first round. I think is Romeo Langford and Hood Shafino's miles better, night and day better than. Yeah. Um, yeah he's so really good. is Xavier so Johnson it, coming back? There's no timeline yet. He's been he he didn't he was wearing street clothes last night in Chicago, but the previous two games he was dressed and warmed up, and so there's speculation that he's getting close, but there's no actual timeline yet. I would I would be shocked if he played. Um, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. He should make sure that he gets healthy. Um, <laughs> so, so with, with that, with that, with that, with that review, um, what, uh, I, I think we'll start with, with Mr. P what, what are you looking for for Saturday 11 AM start against IU? Um, you know, interestingly, because it, my interesting, I should say my heart and my brain are telling me two different things. Um, mm. My heart or my brain, I should say first, uh, is telling me that um, Illinois has got some potential statistical advantages. Um, Illinois seven and zero coming off a loss. Wow. Uh, I mm. <laughs> as much as I'm going to rip Brad Underwood when we get to that segment, <laughs> that's pretty. Uh, that's 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 an impressive stat. Now that gets you. Uh, that and a nickel get you a bus ticket uptown in the tournament, but <laughs> but but in terms of you know Big Ten basketball play, um, that's pretty good. The other the other statistic I was I was looking at is uh, rest advantage. So um, might not seem like a lot, but it's one of those things that um, you know in college basketball you're looking at betting. Um, Vegas wise, it's like a close watch statistic and Illinois is actually towards the top of the league in terms of playing after rest advantage. They're seven, uh, seven and two, um, 70, 78% win percentage off, uh, uh or coming, coming in with rest advantage, whereas Indiana is a 60% with a disadvantage. So a lot of statistics pointing towards Illinois, um, uh, Illinois actually in the top half in terms of, of being an away team They're they're three and four, which isn't great, but then you've got Indiana, a good home team, 13 and one. So it's, it's, it's not an, not an easy, uh, not an easy game, particularly with Indiana ranked 14, but, um, there, there's some, there, there's some stuff, 
some good news to be looked at out there. Now, over on my heart side, um, after watching Penn State pick us apart in the first game, and then um, we can we can quarrel about it, but I I didn't I didn't see much good in the the second game. Um, man, like what what are we going in feeling confident about tomorrow? Or I mean on Saturday, I I I I'm not feeling real confident um, about about anything that we do, anything that we do yeah. against this Indiana team. So I I don't feel great. I mean obviously. Um, the, the line's not out. Indiana's going to be favored. So if we're looking, um, at that perspective, you know, if, if, if they're a dog, um, uh, Illinois again is in the top, top three playing as a dog. They're, they're two and two. So I don't know. Guess that line not, P. What do you think the line's going to be? Guess that line P. I, I think, guess it. I think it's going to be Indiana minus six. Ooh. Yeah. I think it's gonna Ooh. be Indiana minus six. Um, Higher? What? I think I think I would I would JR was pointing out minus six. Wow. I but 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 everything I just laid out, JR, like after watching everything that's transpired, I, I, I would tend to agree, but I'm just saying the way that I, I'm looking at all these statistics and it's like the way that Vegas lays it out sometimes, I don't I don't know if they'll see it that way. We'll see. Well, I, I was, uh, that was kind of a roller coaster for me in terms of gauging whether Mr. P's making a trip out to Gary on Saturday morning. I thought at the beginning, this is how my brain works (laughs) when I bet, man. I thought, I thought at the beginning there was, there was no chance he was going to make the drive out to Gary for a cup of coffee on Saturday morning and (laughs) place a wager. But then the stats started coming in. I thought, okay, he's going to take that ride, but that ending this is what happens. This is what happens when you like gambling. You just you just batter around all of these different ideas. But I it, yeah, I'm a little yeah. discouraged. I'm looking for other people on this podcast, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, in the next segment. But I'm 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 pretty down. Um, <laughs> I I don't feel great about going into to Hoosier Land. Colt in Miraville is gonna gonna slap us around probably on Saturday. Uh. Not 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 a great state of affairs uh, in Illini country. Speaking of um, speaking of Colt, can I? Colt actually texted me. Colt was keeping receipts from the last preview pod and and post game pod, um, where there was there was slander left and right towards towards the Hoosiers, and I listened to really excitedly. I had a long drive before the last game. I think it was a Thursday night in Champaign and uh, I listened to the pod and my guy, Joe, who I love dearly, <laughs> his analysis of the game going into that night was that the Hoosiers were a joke of a program. The candy stripe <laughs> pants made his blood boil. Um, and then after the game, when we were breaking down, we were, somebody was breaking it down. I think lags was running point and he said, all right, let's break down this game. Scott, you kick us off. Scott goes, well, I didn't watch the game. All right, Mr. P, you're up next. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that one either. Um, and then the, the Mexico correspondent just read message board uh, posts from guys like Colt. And that's what we were working with. And then, and then they just got absolutely worked. I'd now, like to clarify, I was not on that podcast. 
And maybe that was a different one, but I will Slander. say that was slanderous. All right. Here's 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 what Illinois needs to do to beat Indiana on Saturday. Legitimately. Whoa, I, hold on. Hold on. Can I not respond? You, to any you can respond. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. He, let him let him get on his run. And then, Joe, I got to yeah, get it. Get it all out, Jr. And then, Joe, you can you can meet him in the <laughs> ring. I, I don't. Well, I don't I don't want to go down that path any further on Joe because I love Joe. Um, he harbors a lot of ill will towards the Hoosiers in his heart. That's fine. The game at the State Farm Center did enough. I, there's not much more talking needs to happen. I will say though that <laughs> the the idea that the idea that Joe presented post game that Brad Underwood was willing to sacrifice a Big Ten home game in the middle of January just to see if Dane Danger could handle himself one on one with TJD after getting put in a blender for like 30 straight minutes. And Joe presented the idea that maybe Brad just wanted to see if he was truly a man or not. And uh, that's next level thinking. I hadn't, it hadn't crossed my mind until I listened that's to the 3D pod. chess right there. That's 3D chess. <laughs> We're going to find out on Saturday. If he comes out on Saturday and all of a sudden Dane Danger is just shut down on TJD, <laughs> then I'm, I'm more than happy to come back on the pod and tell Joe he was right. Right, I see Joe. I see Joe writing that down. Just yeah, in Joe, case is, it happens. Joe is taking notes right now. And, and, He's and, angry. And J, Jr. What 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 did you? What's your guess that line? I was gonna say eight and a half. Okay. Oh, there's gonna be some dispersion. I love it. I love oh the dispersion. I'm gonna be watching this close. Shady H, the floor is yours. So much in there. I haven't been able to take quick enough notes. Uh, just just to go back just to go back from uh to the very beginning um i think a uh, a segment before i think jr jr mentioned uh what that i what did you mention in a previous segment that i, I didn't uh, I, I i can't recall but I, I i what's distracting me is i can't get this out of my head is it true jr are you wearing the candy stripe pants right now I'm not wearing pants, Joe. If nice. I were, though, if I were, they'd be candy stripe. So, nice. I think you know the first the first game it didn't it didn't go so well for the Illini. Agreed. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know TJD owned owned the Illini, but Dane Danger hadn't played a good big man his entire college career. He he never played against good big men. He didn't, he didn't play at Baylor. He the, the best big man he played it was against Kofi Coburn, so yeah, I think he has a seven six wingspan. Try to see if the guy can stop TJD. Again, playing chess. Brad wants to see what he's got in his guys. He was willing to to give that up a little bit. Now, if he doesn't adjust, if I, I don't even mind if he comes out. I think J, uh, Jamie said this. I agree with him. I don't mind if he comes out and tries to play TJD straight up because Race Thompson's going to create a, another challenge for the Illini. But if if he starts dominating again, you, you've got to start doubling pre- pretty quickly, you know, five, five, six, seven minutes into the game. Um, so that's kind of my, my stance. I would say, oh, yeah, I know where I was going earlier. I didn't say, <laughs> I didn't say that Indiana – was it was a was a joke of a program like generally speaking i just said 
they've done. I, we'd have to go back and look at the tapes. Yeah, but we'll I, I just said they tape. haven't done. They haven't done anything. They haven't done anything in the last twenty years. Check. They haven't done much in the check last the twenty years, or they're not much different than the Illini. I'm gonna look in the lost files. Look in the lost files. So. I can I go to Vegas really quickly. So Jr. is over there at eight and a half. Um, I heard a six. I think from Perenni. You looked though at Indiana's last three home matchups. Um, keep in mind they're coming off of a loss. Coming off from a loss against Northwestern, but um, their last three home matchups are against Rutgers, Purdue, and Ohio State. Of course, they were dogs against Purdue by a slim margin, but they were dogs against Purdue. Not surprising. That's a, that's a different stratosphere of, of game. But against Rutgers, it was minus four at home in Bloomington. Against Ohio State, it was, it was not good. It was minus four in Bloomington. Those are their last three Big Ten home games. So huh. I don't see eight and a half. Um, Definitely don't see eight and a half, but I don't like the points either as a bet. I like value in the money line. The line I play much more because Alina could clearly get wiped by this team. They got wiped by him last time in rematch scenarios. Brad hasn't like closed the gap or improved in the rematch games. He's been flat or worse. Um, so Jared, you still like eight and a half? Yeah, you're 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 probably right uh, on the starting line. Um, they they beat Purdue, who's who's a great team by five. I'm I'm thinking more of just based on watching the game, the recent home games. I mean, they beat Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin. I mean, their last the last four home games outside of Purdue, they've they've won by fifteen plus. I think at least double digits um, against some pretty good competition. At least Michigan State was. I guess you could argue the other two, maybe not, but that's where I think if it is five or six, I think there's a lot of value on the Hoosiers at home early morning in Bloomington. Spinny, you might, you might be onto something in that um, just all we, we talk about all of these big 10 games and like how, how it's kind of a mash around, we, you know, game to game. And it, it, it tends to be this like Vegas zone of, of plus four minus four. So six is probably aggressive. There might be a little bit of, uh, of anger in, in that. Um, and maybe some overconfidence in the eight and a half. Um, yeah, it feels like, it feels a lot like four or four and a half. Yeah. It's going to be four. I'm looking, I'm looking at all the, the past Illini lines and, and yeah, they're, they're all, they all tend to be, um, although Illinois is favored by six records, but they all tend to be in the three and a half, four range, four and a half. Um, I don't know. Saturday, Indiana Assembly Hall off a loss. Um, I'm giving them an extra point or two. So I'll stick with six. I'm sticking there. So there's this, there's a big discussion and debate about, you know, do you do double TJD or not? Brad Underwood obviously didn't, he really didn't double him at all in the game and they got wiped out by, by Indiana and Champaign. Um, It's so simple, right? Oh, just double TJD and you'll do a lot better. And then Tom Ezzo does the exact same thing or, or he he does that he he doubles and then indiana beats michigan state even though michigan state's doubling him so it's so simple right you just double them and you'll do better um but when you double them you, you you leave guys open but i think with indiana miller cops like not gonna probably beat you at least he hasn't shown that he can brad makes it you guys are missing the point with what brad's trying to do with this team 
Brad knows that five on five, he has the best roster. On the court, five on five, five on five, JR, Illinois' team's better than Indiana's. We have three NBA players on the team that are in my <laughs> Yes. Three NBA players. Indiana has one. So Brad knows five on five, Illinois is better. You switch guys. Illinois has length. You should be able to switch guys. There's no reason some guys on Illinois can't guard Pickett. There's like zero. There, there should be two or three guys that can guard him, throw different actions at him. I can see the argument to be made to be be switching between man and zone from time to time, doing some of that stuff. But the reality is, like Illinois should 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 not have to double a guy every single time. I also think he he believes in his guys. Let's see what a it's this it's it's one of his best player, most most talented players. First game against a legitimate. Big man, I was wrong about TJD. He's very good. Very good college player. Very good year. It took him five years, but he's very good. And <laughs> he wanted to see how a guy who's essentially a freshman, who's been really good, can do against him. And I, that's that's how you play the long game to win in the tournament. No one gives a shit about that game. Illinois is going to make the tournament. Now, the risk of that is Illinois dropping to a 7, 8, or 9 seed. That's the risk because if you're in that range, you're in trouble. Joe, you're below deck, man. <laughs> Wait, it, it, it's a you're, every you're, you're sing, further every below single, deck than Mr. P. Every single analyst that's done an Illinois game says Illinois has the most talented team in the in 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 the Big Ten, and they have the most NBA players on the team. What what am I missing? Yeah. These are all facts. That's that's the Unfor- issue. Unfor- yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, talent alone does not make does not make a team great, but. Before before we get into the weeds on the Brad Underwood stuff, I think you know Jr. seem you seem pretty confident. I've I've written down the um, the promise to come back on the pod and eat the words if if it doesn't <laughs> shake out in IU's way. I'm sure Joe was too. Um, but but uh, before we hop off, J, Jr. Joe, you got anything else on that? Here's the priority, of Brad Underwood. He has all these new guys, all this talent. He's bringing them all, all onto one team. He has one year to mesh them all together. Like guys, that's a really hard job, and he's trying to make. He's playing the long game for the tournament. Like I don't know, like how you don't see this. All these guys are I, brand I think, new playing. Brad, I think you're right about that. Brad, I think you're right Brad, about that. But yeah, Brad, you're doing a great buddy. So <laughs> let, let let's wrap up the IU talk there, and let's get into the final segment, which is kind of already started, but um. This is there's been there's been some Javaman civil unrest regarding uh, Brad Underwood um, or just kind of the general direction of where things are going. We've seen the Penn State um, back to back blowouts with Pickett uh, scoring, averaging 30 in a game. We, we saw TJD do the same thing over and over uh, and 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 not changing the action and getting the exact same result. Um, and there's just been a lot of fire around the Java men um, kind of, kind of hunkering down in different camps. So um, with that being said, um, who, yeah. wants, who wants to jump in first doc? Look, there, I, I Monday morning quarterbacks are everywhere. We are all one of them. Um, it just doesn't make sense to dig in Monday morning quarterback on these when when you've got twenty Big Ten games to just you know get beat up over losing at Penn State 
I do think it's odd that Brad doesn't make adjustments that that we can at least easily see. Like, wh- why doesn't he switch to his own? Like, and apparently they don't practice it, so he won't go to his own. But it just seems like something. If things are going really badly, why don't you just why don't you just change it up at least for a few possessions? Um, I don't understand why he doesn't do that. But again, individual games in a twenty game Big Ten season don't matter to Joe's point if you're making the tournament either way, which they are. There's two iconically bad moments of his career in games that really matter, which is in March Madness. One is the Loyola game where he didn't make any adjustments, and that is objectively crazy that he didn't make any adjustments in that game. I think what he was thinking is that he had Ion Kofi and they would just figure it out. Again, he throws his five guys out there and says, they're better, they're going to win. But in that game, to not make adjustments is is nuts, so I don't understand it. The other one is Houston, which nobody was going to beat Houston in that game. Illinois was competitive in that game until Melendez got the technical foul for hanging on the rim. And Illinois' best offensive player in that game was Andre Curbelo, who we now know is not very good. So those are his two bad moments. Really, one of them was bad. Houston game wasn't bad. I think we're overreacting if we say that he can't coach in-game. Um, but it's odd that he doesn't adjust more. I, I, I don't understand it, and the media doesn't really push him on it. They ask him about it, but they don't dig into it. Houston was favored in that game. The, the Houston game, I think the... You got to set the Houston game. Aside. Houston was an awesome team. I, I And it's it's an understandable loss. I, I don't even want to pair that into the broader issue here, like the broader scope, the, the bigger picture, that is the fact that there is a... Like, everything that you said about lack of adjustment is correct, although put it over the course of the year, and it's like, we're playing for the tournament and then we get into the tournament and there's no adjustment. And this idea that there's this broader like vision of, Hey, we just need to get into the tournament and, and then, and then we'll let our players play and then we'll make adjustments. Okay. So we get into the tournament and Brad, I, I hand it to Brad and this is like, I throw, I will throw him his roses all day for, being a, a coach that gets his teams into the tournament. He did it at Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches, Texas. He did it at Oklahoma State. <laughs> That's and, right. That's and, right. And now he's he's going to do it um, in three, should be four years in a row at Illinois. I, like, he does it. The, the, and I love that. I, I love that about Brad that we get into the tournament. The issue is that we get there and it's like, what? Yeah, the Houston game, fine. But like what what confidence do you have this team in doing anything? We're just gonna hope that yeah, we have three guys that are going to the NBA. We had two guys we had two absolute dominant players in 2020, 2021, and we got housed by Loyola. They they kicked the I, I don't care what the score was, they kicked the shit out of us. But, and there was that, no adjustment that, made. So getting to the tournament is great. There is not some broader strategy to like get to the tournament and make a run. This this guy is a he's he is good at getting to the tournament, but he has shown absolutely no ability to get past the second round. And that is that goes for Steve Austin, which is a <clears throat> tough place to get to the second round. 
goes for Oklahoma State where he didn't get past the round of 64. It goes for Illinois where now we haven't got past the the second round as well. So, like, I, I completely reject the notion that there's, like, this big picture, like, yeah, we don't care about what goes on now. We're just trying to get to the tournament, and then our guys are going to play. Like, he hasn't he hasn't been in a big program until now. The fact that he was getting in the tournament with those other teams previously yeah. is amazing. Yeah. With Illinois since COVID year, they've only been in two tournaments. He fucked one of them up. I admit that I, with Loyola. We've all That's crazy. He gets he the he's other one they ran Loyola. into the other one they ran into Houston. But Loyola, the two tournaments. Why are we talking? It's about only Loyola? been two tournaments. You have to keep getting to the tournament and having a good team, which they have again, and eventually it's going to happen. The issue is that the games that that happen in the tournament expose because there's a bigger stage expose everything that goes on throughout the year, which is this lack of adjustment, this, this, like, we're just going in with our game plan with our guys and we're going to fucking run through this brick wall. I, that's not what's Joe, happening. Guys, Joe, he Joe, already Joe, changed, what's, real yeah, quick, what's, real what's, quick. What's your he, view of here? Joe? He already changed the entire offense in the entire defense. Once they started Owen three in the big 10, the fact that you guys say he doesn't make adjustments is insane to me. He changed around the entire offense and the entire defense with guys who have never played basketball together. Four essentially freshmen. And and yeah, so he's trying to stick with the game plan a little bit to build some continuity and to see if guys can compete against some top level competition for the greater good of of a longer of of being your best at the end of the season. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I I, yeah, I, so so the 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 way ahead. the way I see this is Brad Underwood is the head of the program. The buck stops with Brad Underwood. It's not the players, it's not the assistants, it's not the support staff, it's him. He's at the apex, everyone else falls under him. He's responsible for everything. The buck stops with him. And he's built Illinois from a, a pretty bad program into one of the best, if not the best, in the Big Ten over the last three years. He is a great program leader. He knows how to build a team. He knows how to build a program. He knows how to recruit, which is, to me, the biggest thing. Yeah, he's an he's, he's, he's a transfer portal expert. He's a, he, he's and he adjusted for that, right? Like that that took a huge adjustment. That that is all fine. Just because Brad is a great program builder and a great recruiter doesn't put him above criticism. Yeah. And so, and so, so, so just because a, a coach can recruit, just because a coach has taken us from a bad program, middle of the road program to one of the best doesn't mean he's without criticism. And I think what, what you said, Joe, is you're right. He's done stuff during the season, in season to adjust. But he has not done that in individual games. And what Perenni is talking about is when you know your fatal flaw exists, you know it's going to be the reason that the season comes to an end down the road. And you've seen it because you saw it. And we can go back to Loyola because he didn't make adjustments there. We can go back to Chattanooga in the first round of the next tournament when they won by one point. Um, we can go back to the uh, Indiana game this year when TJD smoked us for what was it 35 we can go back to Mizzou we can go back to all these games that expose Brad's 
inability or unwillingness to adjust. So there's been these demonstrable situations and events where you see his inability or unwillingness to adjust. And that is what has been the fatal flaw in one of the Illini's tournament runs. It's been uh, potentially a fatal flaw in this last year's tournament run. It's been a fatal flaw in games this year where Illinois, as, as everyone kind of acknowledges, has had superior talent, but has been out-schemed or out-adjusted and resulted in a loss. It's I know this isn't a Bears podcast, but it's the same thing that happened in 2018 with the Bears. Robbie, or uh, not Robbie Gold, I wish it was Robbie Gold. Uh, Parkey hit uh, four uprights in one game. You knew that was the fatal flaw, and of course, in the end, it was the double doink that did the Bears in. It's like you see these things happening, and your eyes are showing you what's happening. It's all playing out in front of you, and there's there's a lack of adjustment to it. So I think I think I think there's two key points. Number one, Brad is a great program leader. I would put him. I would give him a lifetime contract. That's how good he is. Just just keep him there. He's he's brought Illinois to should be four straight tournaments. He's had. Recruiting wins, getting top 25 players in the country, that hadn't happened in a long, long time. He's put two All-Americans whose jerseys are going in the rafters. That hasn't happened in forever. He's gotten these consistent winning programs. He's won the Big Ten. He's won the Big Ten tournament. Give him a contract. Like I, I would be totally fine with that. But that doesn't mean he's above criticism. That means that expectations are raised. So this isn't this isn't just a make the tournament proposition anymore. We're out of that. That's 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 not what I'm expecting as a fan. I'm expecting him to adjust during the game so that when we have seen this movie again and again and again that that the ending doesn't happen the same way. Yeah. They're not going to win the championship every year, but they're not going to give themselves a shot if they're not able to adjust during a big game. Yeah. And, and I, I completely agree. And I think you put, you laid it out, Patch, you laid it out best etches. I like, I, I, I want to clarify that I agree that the Brad's a great coach and he's elevated the program and we've got high expectations, but and and Spinny pointed out in, in, in what he said is the, the media doesn't needle him on this. He, no one is beyond reproach in their position. Um, he's one of the highest paid, uh, uh, pu- public servants. You could call him in the state of Illinois. Uh, ask que- like, we should ask the tough questions. We should raise our expectations. And, and I don't want to wait until second round versus middle Tennessee state to see the adjustment. Like show me <laughs> the second time we play Penn state in happy Valley that, that you can do something like I, that's that's what we're asking is we want to see signs that what happened at Loyola isn't going to happen again. That's that's what I think that this side is arguing. And, and aside from that, I like Brad. I just gosh, he gets out coached during the game. Yeah, it's the stuff that happens in season that that echoes in the, in the tournament. No, but you just have to get to the, yeah, you just have to get to the tournament with a good team. And it's such a short window. Then you give yourself a chance if you have a good team. And so he had one bad game in the tournament 
He's two and two in the tournament with Illinois. He had one bad game. Say Chattanooga. Say Chattanooga. They won. They by beat a, them. It doesn't matter. There's. We, you I, got, I, I think. Clarity. I think you guys are over. I think you guys are overrating coaching and X's and O's in college basketball. Do I know it's important? Yes, I know it's important. But you have to have a team that plays better than the team they're playing. Good. Yeah. He's, the got team the team. Su- He's got the, the team. He's got the team. He's got the team. I think too. The other he, thing, had the t- he had the team when he had a number yeah. one seed and two All-Americans, yeah, the, too. The other, I mean, that's he, the only got... game he messed up. He messed up one game. The other thing that we need to, to, to be mindful of is, like, we talk about how great he is recruiting, and he is, like, uh, sh- sh- put it all together. Put it all together. Show us that you can beat <laughs> Penn State once. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the whole point. It doesn't matter. The Penn State game does not matter. They're not, probably not even going to make the tournament. He, he I, I, I have clarity on this. We, we just, we disagree on on how you get to, how you get to to peaking at okay. tournament time. This, so, that's what we, that's what we disagree on. I, I think if you keep switching things back and forth, back and forth, you're never going to build any continuity. You're never going to see what your team is truly capable of, especially new players especially guys that are playing together for the first time. Okay. So there has to be some consistency. You guys think, and I'm not saying either one's wrong. You guys think that in-game adjustments need to be had every single game. Joe. No, no, no matter, no matter. Yeah, Joe, Joe, this is, Joe, the, this is the way that NCAA works. Joe, now. you've got to win every game. Always, you've got to win every game. You're always going to be putting a team together. There's never going to be a team where you're taking Five guys that have played together for three years. That's not the way that's the NCAA not true. That's works. Indiana's team this year. How many other teams work? Th- how many other teams look like that? How many Illinois, teams have we Illinois seen? Illinois team last year. How many players have left Illinois already this year? And that's another issue I don't want to crack is the locker room issue. Like you had a guy take off, take back off for France. You had Sky Clark in the Lost Files. Like guys leave they come they go you're never gonna have very rarely are you gonna have guys that play together for a long period of time so that's part of coaching and that that's that's another thing though p is that that brad for me those guys you know we like we always say we wish them the best of luck yeah they're periphery guys anyway they're periphery good luck on your good luck on your future endeavors all what matters is that underwood's at the center of the wheel he's 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 the hub everything else is is tangential to him but you know i i remember against like chatty or against houston the the well I, the the bigger issue i think is when when you look at the players versus looking at brad and and neither one of you don't need to blame either one of them but where when when illinois couldn't score against chattanooga or couldn't score against houston the argument was, well, they don't, they don't have the offense, they don't have the guards, they don't have the guys in a system. Well, now they've got guys. Brad's got his guys in. He's he's handpicking them. He's got the guys playing in his system, and maybe maybe that the result will be different this year or next year when I think Illinois is going to be so sick, or in the following year when they're going to be way sicker. Um, so what you you're know, saying I, is we should wait till after the tournament to walk the plank or not is what you're saying. No, no, I'm saying I think I want to see signs that 
Brad is able and willing to adjust during a game so that we don't get repeats of the same thing that's happened over and over and over. I, I want to say I agree with that, but we just nitpick the losses, and when, when they lose a game, we say, oh, he didn't adjust. He wins most of his games. He's won more games than anyone else, and we don't look at the wins and be like, whoa, look at the adjustment. Yeah, but the losses like have I said, I think, been... I, I, do think, I do think you guys are missing that part of it, That's and fair. JR probably made the best point that Tony Bennett couldn't win, and then now he's... Now he, now he did. It yeah. took one tournament, and he's Tony Bennett now. I, I think I... Think I I pin it less on like um the fact that he's losing and and more the fact on like they lose and they look like crap. And they've done that how many times this year? And and I know. Well, you're always I oh, I know. I it's going to it's going to happen. It's going to happen, but the 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 sheer amount that it's happened this year i has been concerning i'm i'm concerned about the the regular uh the, the repetitiveness of the lack of adjustment that's i think that's all we're saying we're not asking him to get fired no one's saying that we like brad let's put a pin in let's put a pin in this well, and, and put a pin and look yeah. at it I, again in and a few i hope weeks. i'm wrong i'm hope i'm look wrong. at it again in a few weeks let's let's give it three or four games see how he does yeah. Yep. No, we so, gotta give so, it till through March. It's always good to take a benchmark, boys. But it it sounds it sounds like none of the Java men are in any rowboats. It sounds like everyone's on the ship. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it sounds like the can coach I, is not above criticism. Can I have? And, um, yeah. Can we have one walk the plank for the week? Yeah. Get a get a quick walk the plank in, Mister P. Okay, because the the last podcast, I I something happened with the lost files and the Chinese space balloon, but. <laughs> so, so everything got mixed up but i gotta walk the plank um <laughs> and it's uh it's the orange crush and it's not for the reason that the the dan bernstein uh dan bernstein's of the world would make them walk the plank for but that was a funny prank i liked it i thought it was normal college kid behavior and the fact that we had to we got forced to apologize. Well, the orange crush got forced to apologize and they went out and did it. That's stupid. You guys, your college kids and everyone else that's attacking them. Relax. Dan Bernstein, get off your high horse. Stop being a loser. They didn't commit fraud. Yeah, they committed fraud. Yeah, what do we got to Society's melting down because they bought the tickets. What a loser, Dan Bernstein, you are. <laughs> Top of the list. So, amen, uh, amen, P. Walk the plank, Dan Bernstein, and Orange Crush right behind him. I, you guys got a man up. So, thank amen. You. Same thing with the Northwestern student section. They're all people are all up on Northwestern for last night's game. It's like, let's can we please get over it and let these kids have fun? And oh, if yeah. they say. College kids, fun. Yeah. They're college yeah. kids. They're wasted. They're having fun. Don't yeah, need exactly. to apologize for trivial stuff. North, Northwestern fan, like students were cool for one night and they get reprimanded for it. Yeah. College kids, <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a college kid at a basketball game and you know your way home, you're a responsible kid. Like, have fun. Stop this nonsense of holding them to this 
impossible standard. This is stupid. So that's does anybody. Does anybody have anything else? I I just want to say I appreciate the the banter, the camaraderie. It's uh, you know, every now and then the the, the waves they get a little rocky. Um, every now and then the the mates you know get into it. But that's that's all part of healthy competition. If if our country was a little bit more like that, if the world was a little <laughs> bit more like that, we'd all be in a better place. So I appreciate you boys and uh, the knowledge that you're bringing. I got a I got a text from my fiance asking if I was okay after that Bernstein impersonation. <laughs> but hey, my J- my one year old just started crying. I think you heard me screaming about Brad Underwood. Yeah. Well, as we go put out the fires in our families for the last uh, hour and a half, Jr. It was awesome having you. I think I think you. Um, acquitted yourself in IU fandom very very well uh, Colt is no longer the face of IU fandom for the Javaman listeners um, and it was a great week awesome boys alright ILL INI INI see you guys Yeah, it's time to walk the plank.